Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The Power of an Endless Life. It shall be focused on Hebrews chapter 7. Before we go any further, we begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the power of an endless life that You've placed in us. Father, heavens and earth shall pass away, but Your word will never pass away. May it live on through our lives. And may we become living testaments of Your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Hebrews chapter 7. Chapter 7 For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath he was made priest, for those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens, who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins and then for the people's, for this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity, but the word of the oath, which was since the law, maketh the Son, who is consecrated forevermore. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Christ is Revealed in His Own Word. This was preached in 1965 on August the 22nd in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 123 up to paragraph 174. I trust you find it to be a blessing. You know, in the Old Testament alone, it's more than 2,000 times those prophets said, Thus saith the Lord. Now, if a man says, Thus saith the Lord, it's not the man talking. If he would, he wouldn't be a prophet. He'd be a hypocrite. Eh? Because it would never come to pass. One chance out 10,000 times. See, they might guess it. But if it's thus saith the Lord, the Lord God has said it. If I'd say, thus saith Armand Neville. If my brother say, thus saith uh, Mr. Man. If I'd say, thus saith Brother Vale out here, or some of these other brethren, any of you. I'm speaking what you said. If I'm truthful, I'm saying just what you said. And these men being prophets said, it's not me. I have nothing to do with it, but it's thus saith the Lord. So the Bible is thus saith the Lord. By the prophets. Notice, they took Christ's Spirit upon themselves and forecast the events that would come to pass. Talk about forecast. They said what would take place down through the ages as they sat, stood, laid, walked with the Spirit of Christ upon them in so much that they acted like Christ. And the readers would read it and think that the prophets were speaking of themselves. You remember the eunuch? When he was reading Isaiah 53.1? About how that he had wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our pieces upon him with his stripes we were healed. The eunuch said to Philip, Who is the prophet speaking of, himself or some other man? See? The prophet spoke as if it was himself. Look at David crying in the spirit. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? My bones, they stare at me, at me, David. They pierced my feet and my hands, David. They pierced my feet and my hands. But thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither will I suffer the Holy One to see corruption. As though David was speaking of himself being holy. It was the son of David. Amen. That germatized spiritual seed coming down through that. Amen. Though David himself was a cucklebird. 
but on the inside of there was a wheat grain. You get it? So the whole Bible is not the word of man, neither was it wrote by man, brought by man, or neither can it be revealed by man. It's God's word revealed by God himself. His own interpreter. Christ revealing himself in his own word. Look at Christ standing back here in David. David couldn't even think now. His mind had gone from him, as it were. And he was hanging on the cross. Like you see the statue here. Hanging on the cross, crying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All my bones, they stare at me. They pierce my hands and my feet. They thrust my side. See? Why art thou so far from me? All the bulls of Basham come past about. They wag their heads saying, He trusted thee, God, that he would deliver him. Now let's see if he'll deliver him. Speaking the same words. So you see, when God was made manifest on earth here, he said the same words David did. You get it? So you see, it's not the word of man. It's the word of God. There was God in David. That wasn't David. He didn't know what he was saying. He was just so in the Spirit. That's the way Moses was. He was so in the Spirit, passed out of the dimension that he was living in, and stood there face to face in that burning bush talking to, Mo- to, to God himself. To take off your shoes. The ground you're standing on is holy ground. I imagine when Moses left there, he thought, what happened? What taken place? What was it? He said, go down in Egypt. I'll go with you. He said, it's so real to me, I must go. He got his wife and his children and his child, rather, and his stick in his hand and took off down to Egypt to deliver the people. See? God speaking himself through the prophets. See, they, they're absolutely, it isn't the prophets, it was God. Because the prophet of themselves, they couldn't say those things. Who has believed our report? Isaiah saying to them. Who has believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before us as a calf uh, and a a stall. And how that yet he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, chastised our peace upon him with his stripes. We were healed. We were healed. Way over here in this age here in Isaiah, back there, 800 years before Christ. By his stripes we were, past tense, already healed. (laughs) Oh, my how the Word of God so perfect. Trust in it, folks. It's the only thing that can save you. All other words, I don't care how well they're placed, how, who they come from, what denomination they come from, or how smart the man is, is to be absolutely ignored. Amen. Anything contrary to the Word. You want to put that Scripture down, that's Galatians 1.8. Paul said, Though we are an angel from heaven would preach any other thing than this that you've already heard, let him be cursed. In other words, if an angel would come to you from heaven, a bright shining angel, and would stand, boy, that would be bait for this day, wouldn't it? A bright shining angel would come up there and stand and say things that's contrary to the word, you say, Satan, get away from me. Right? If he's a bishop, if he's a whatever he is, don't you never believe him if he doesn't speak exactly with that Bible word by word. Watch him, he'll carry you with the Bible now. He'll carry you to a certain place and then hook it right there. 
When you see the Bible saying one thing and he bypasses that, watch him right there. See, that's what he does. Eve, he come right down and said everything just exactly what well, God said this. That's right, Eve. Amen. We believe that together. Well, God said this. Amen. We believe that together. God said this. We believe that. Sure. Well, but God said we'll die. Well, now, you know, he's a good God. He didn't say he wouldn't, you know. But surely. Oh, me. There he is. And if he was deceitful like that, and the Bible said in the last days he would deceive the elected if it was possible, where ought we to be today, friends? Now, these little Sunday school lessons are, should be carried pretty close, you know, to our hearts. To see, we are to listen real close and see how deceiving that thing is. Notice, we cannot, we must not listen to any other man's word. We don't care how smart, how educated. The Bible in Proverbs says we must cast down reasonings. Amen. See? Now here in the second realm, first realm is your senses of see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. That's in your outer body. On the inner body, which is the spirit, is reasonings and thought and so forth. We must cast all that down. Can't reason say, now wait, if God is a good God, and we're told so much today that He is, if He is a good God, then if I be sincere, though I can't see that in that Bible being right, though I be sincere, I'll be saved, you'll be lost. If I go to church and just do the things that I believe it's right, and try to hold up for what I think is right, well, I, you're still lost. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. You won't be saved, you'll be lost. It must be that inside control, man. Well, I've spoken tongues, Brother Branham. Well, don't you believe in speaking in tongues, Brother Branham? Absolutely. Well, I shouted, don't you believe that? Yes, sir. I live a good Christian life, don't you believe in that? Yes, sir. But still, that don't mean you're saved. You're a good person. Clean, moral, holy. Good person. So is those priests. Religious to the core. So religious to one misconstrued they'd be stoned to death. The death penalty of fooling with the Word of God was death. Amen. That's what's matter with our country today. The reason we got so many loosely things in the earth today, the penalties are not strong enough. If a man was caught running out with another man's wife, they should both be taken out in public and castrated. Right, public or loose. That's right. If a man's caught doing anything wrong down the road, speed, or they can be given less than 10 years. He's pre premeditated murder. See? You put penalties like that on, you slow them down. But when some crooked politician can get to this and over here and pass it off and say, well, he was uh, drinking a little, he was uh, didn't mean to do that, and uh, kill a man, wife, and a whole bunch of innocent children, let the Ricky get by with it. <laughs> that's politics. That's the world. That's the devil. God said if a man was caught in adultery or a woman, take him out there and stone him to death. That settled it. If he's even caught picking up a weight of a stick on the Sabbath day, take him and stone him. They live by it. And now, see, we don't have them kind of laws today, but the Christian, the church, what I'm talking to this morning, that law of God is in your heart. Then You have no desire to do it. It's inside here. You want to keep God's law so perfect, no matter what it is, you want to be just what? If, if God needs a doormat at the door, He wants you to be that doormat. You're so happy to be that. No matter what it would be, you want to be the doormat. Whatever God wants you to do, that's what you want to do. Because it's God. Now, that's where you really find your real, genuine, true love for God. Now, we find out then 
that an angel would preach anything else besides what's gone to, already been said in the Bible, let him be cursed. Nobody can, can't do that. This must be just exactly the way it says. And again, we read in Revelations 22, 18 and 19, if any man will add one word to this or take one word from it, God will take his part out of the book of life. Right? God will take his part. Though he be a minister, whatever he may be in his word, his name is wrote on the book of life. God said, let's rub it right off. That's right. If he adds one thing to it or takes one word from it, that's how infallible God has made his word. See? You can add to the church or take from the church. Don't you add to that word or take from it. Because God will take your name right off the book of life. And that's You're finished then. You can't add to it or take from it. It's just exactly what... It needs no interpreter. For the Bible said that God does His own interpreting of the Bible. It's of no private interpretation, said Peter. All right? And all the Scripture is divinely given, divinely set in order, and the whole thing is a revelation of Jesus Christ. The New and Old Testament where they foretold of Him coming, what He would do when He got here, and what He would do in this age to come. So that makes Him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Like in Hebrews, there when Paul wrote it, he's God, Jesus Christ, yesterday of the Old Testament. He's Jesus Christ today, manifest in the flesh, and he's Jesus Christ forever in the Spirit to come. See? See? Same yesterday, today, and forever. And he ever lives to make his word live what it said it would do for that age. He is alive. He was alive in the Old Testament. Manifested. I always want to uh, let you see a little something here if you could stand it. Watch. When Jesus was manifested in the Old Testament, as we believe it, now you preachers out there, you're going to argue with it, do whatever you want to, but I'm talking for my, what I think. See? When Jesus was manifested in the Old Testament in a theophany in the person of Melchizedek. Not a priesthood, but the person, the man. See? For this man had yet not been born, but he was in a theophany, so he had no father, no mother. He was God himself. He was manifested in the form of a man called King of Salem, which is King of Peace and King of Righteousness. See? He was Melchizedek. He had neither father nor mother, beginning of days or ending of life. See? It was Jesus in a theophany in the form of a man. Could you go there? All right. Then he was made actually human flesh and dwelt among us. In the person of Jesus Christ himself, born to the Virgin Mary. He come in that form so he could die and went back into heaven. Now, in this last days, he has promised to manifest himself in the fullness again of his flesh in spirit. See? For as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, look at the Sodom, how it's set and what's taking place. And Jesus Christ being manifested in bodily form of his church today. See? Doing the same thing, same work, same things that he did all the time, never changes, the eternal one. See? And up on earth today, he has manifested himself in the human bodies, our human bodies that he has called, and done exactly the same thing he done in sundry times, and in the times of his flesh upon the earth, and doing the same thing today. Because God in sundry times spoke to the fathers, to the prophets, in this last days, to His Son, Jesus Christ. See? 
the Son being revealed in the last days, God manifested in human flesh setting just before Sodom's destruction the end of the Gentile world. You see it? There's three manifestations. Now the next thing happens is when it's all gathered up into that one person, Jesus Christ, bride and body. At the physical return of the Lord Jesus, making his three times when he was brought on earth, killed, crucified, raised up, manifest himself in the form of his body, which is his bride, the woman. You get it? She's part of his body. And the woman and man is just so close together till they're just all, they are the same. They ought to be, anyhow. There they are. See, they're just exactly uh, manifested the same. She's a part of him because she was taken out from him. And the bride today is taken out from the body of Christ, which is acting and doing just exactly like he said it would do for this day. The bride, the queen, king, and the queen. All right. We're getting late now, so we're going to have to hurry and get through. All right. The entire Bible is the entire revelation of Jesus Christ, making himself known to every age. He made himself known in the days of Luther as a foundation, the church, the foot, the legs. Like he did King Nebuchadnezzar. Remember how he dreamed those dreams and come from the head down? See? Now he comes from the feet up. See? In the Babylonian kingdom, he showed all those Old Testaments. He come from the head down until he come down to God himself become flesh at the foot of the ladder. Now here in the New Testament, he brings himself right back up again to the head again, the head of gold to be crowned. See? Look. You get it? See? God was in the beginning. And he kept coming down through the prophets and on down until God himself became human like us, plumbed down at the foot of the ladder, a baby born in a manger. Hated, rejected, despised, a bad name and everything he was. Then he started rising. See, and from the feet he began to build the church, the bride, coming back, on back, and now coming out into the headstone. <laughs> where it all joins together and makes the one great uh, transfigured body of Jesus Christ. God is revealed in every age by His promised Word to that age. Now, let's just look what some of His promises is for today while we're closing now in these last words. Now, God is revealing Himself in the evening light time. Let's see. Now, we see... I've got a bunch of Scriptures right down here. As you can see on this page, how many Scriptures are written there. But we just got about 15 minutes to 12. I want to get out. And I haven't gotten a horse this morning speaking... Sometimes these air conditioners here makes me real hoarse. So if uh, Brother Neville don't... You ain't got anything for tonight? No. I'll, 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 it's all right. I got something. I found a cigarette pack the other day laying in the woods. And I got a message from that cigarette pack for tonight. No Lord willing. So um, I've got these scriptures here. And I don't want to run over time so I can get back. A cigarette pack speaking. <laughs> all right. I was starting out through the woods and there laid a cigarette pack. And I walked on the way. I thought, well, somebody's ahead of me. And something said, turn back and pick that up. I thought, pick up a cigarette pack, not me. Something said, turn back and pick up a cigarette pack. <laughs> I went out. There's the old empty pack. And I seen something. I'll tell you about it tonight, the Lord willing. All right. Now we're going to speak about evening lights just for a few moments. The Bible predicts that there would come a time right at the closing time that the sun would come out and there would be an evening light. We all know that, don't we? We, we're, we who are familiar with our message today from the Lord Jesus, we believe that there will be an evening light. And this evening light, well, of course, the great light will come when Jesus himself will be manifested here on earth or up in the heavens, taking away his bride, and then the millennium will set in. But we've got one of the most dreadful times 
to go through that ever laid before human beings. And I'm just waiting for the hour. And when we get everybody can get a chance where you get off from work and spend a few days, and we can get set up somewhere where I can speak on those plagues and things that's to fall in the last days and throw about two or three weeks together and bring that together if the Lord lets me live to do it and will inspire me to do so. See how those things will be dropped in and those thunders. Then you'll find out what that man and that people have been dreaming about and all these things there. It'll come to pass. You'll notice what them revealed. A great thunder of coming forth out of the, out of the skies. Now, of course, a whole bunch of you, you know it. I know what that, what that means, you see. And, um, but let's just wait till the time comes, you see. Or, now, it'll be more in season. Now, so uh, we are going to read some of these, these scriptures in here. Now, in the evening lights come. Now, we notice that it'll have to be the same light that was in the morning. Because there's not one sun in the morning and another sun in the afternoon. It's the same sun. Same sun. It's in the afternoon, is in the morning. Same in the morning, is in the afternoon. Now, I said the day itself, the day between that time, would be kind of like a, oh, like a dismal, dark day. It could not be called day or night. In between that. See, that's the forming of the body. From the feet coming up. When he was here on earth, he was the sun, the lightness. Then he was killed. The church took his place and murdered him and went through the dark ages and began to build on the foundation coming out. Then where does the sight come from? At the top of the head. See that vision? Nebuchadnezzar? See him going down from the beginning of the Gentile age before the blood was shed for them and made an atonement? They were proselytes, brought him, but notice it went right down, right down, right down to the bottom in symbol. See? Brought it down. Then it started right back, coming back to the church, coming back to the feet, coming up. Amen. Now it's in the head time. Head time. Now, notice the light. You can't see with your hands, yet it's part of the body. You can't see with the ears, yet it can hear. You can't see with the nose, yet it smells. You can't, you can't see with the lips, though it speaks. See? That was a Pentecostal age. But now it's in the eye time. The seeing. Okay. Now there isn't one moving faculty beyond the eye. Is that right? The next is the intelligence, which is Christ itself, who controls the whole body. No moving motion beyond that. Everything else is moved. See? Move your feet, move your muscles in your legs, move everything. Move your, uh, your ears can move, your nose, your lips, and so forth. But after your eyes, there's nothing moves. That's why the claim that man get bald-headed quick is because, see, there's no exercise to develop the muscles in, in the hair, the scalp. See? If it's not got a, a cushion so it to get blood up in there, the blood won't pump through. See, won't go up and furnish blood because you, the hair root lives by blood. And now we find out that that part, you see, there's nothing beyond the eye. Now let's find out. It shall be light about the middle day. At the evening time. What is light sent for? So you can see where you're, how to get around. Now I see where you're at. It shall be light about the evening time. Now, we take that uh, now and compare it over with Malachi 4. He promised that there would be light come again in the evening time. See? For behold, I will send to you Elijah the prophet. 
and he will restore the, the children back to the fathers, the fathers to the children. Is that right? Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, let's take John, uh, St. Luke 17, 30, and watch what Jesus prophesied there, saying that as it was in the days of Sodom, it will be the same. Now, remember, notice, this is at the time that the Son of Man would be revealed. The revealing of the Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man was actually revealed potentially just for a few moments there, just before uh, Sodom was burned. Now, that man was Elohim. That was God. And Jesus is God. And God was revealed potentially right there for a few moments to talk to Abraham in the investigation judgment just for a little bit. The Son of Man was revealed. The Son of Man, Elohim. Do you see it, church? The Son of Man, Elohim, was revealed just for a few minutes. For the very next morning. He was burned. When? Before the sun could come up again. So there can't be no organization left. Neither can there be any further advancement in what's going right now. For she'll burn before the day breaks. Again, the revival's over across the nation. There ain't going to be no more revivals. Big sweeping revivals. This nation never receive it. They might have an intellectual gathering. But I mean a spiritual revival. We've seen all of it. I hope you're catching it. I'm saying it in such a way that I hope you get it. See? It's over. A fine minister said a while ago, said, Brother Bram, if I could just have the joy of the Lord in my heart. I said, Son, the revival's over. See? Now, the stabilizers have been put on the ship. Great fearful waves are out here before us. But we know just beyond that wave, we're nearing the shore. We're nearing the shore. Just stay stable. Just stay in the Word. Stay with God. No matter how you feel, what anything else, stay right with the Word. Let, let, let it stay stable. We see all these great big old clouds around us and storms are coming and atomic bombs and everything else they're talking about. But our stabilizer is right straight in the Word. God said it would be here. We'll crest every one of them. Yeah, we go right over the top of them. Yes, indeed. We, they can't sink us. They can't drown us. You put us in the grave. We'll come out again. That's just all there is to it. There ain't no way in the world to keep it down there. We'll caress every one of them because our great chief captain is calling at the other side. We're anchored in Jesus. The storms of life I'll brave. I've anchored in Jesus. I fear no wind or wave. Whatever it might be, let it come. What may, what will. doesn't make any difference. We're anchored right there in Jesus. If I live, I'll live to the glory of God. If I die, I'll die to the glory of God. I, I, I just want to, it's, it's to the glory of God's what I want to do. And when that's all over, I don't want to stay any longer. I want to go to where, to my reward that He bought for me. Not what I earned, but what He bought for me. What He gave to me by His grace. So, we see the evening lights here. And what does it do to have light if you don't have any eyes to see how to get around in it? What is the evening light? The light comes on to reveal something. Is that right? If there's something here you're feeling, you can't understand what it is in the darkness, then turn a light on. It's to reveal what's Malachi 4 to do. See? Do the same thing. What was opening of the seven seals to do? Where all these denominations staggering around in this stuff is to reveal. Bring out. 
If you haven't got any eyes, then what's used to reveal? There has to be eyes first to see. Is that right? To reveal, Malachi 4, reveal St. Luke 17.30, St. John 14.12, also John 15.24, And to also reveal Revelations 10, 1 to 7, the opening of the seven seals and the seventh angel's message to open up, to reveal when the evening lights come. Now, if a man in the Lady of Sin age the people were what? Naked? Are they? Blind. What good does light do to a blind man? If the blind leads the blind, don't they all fall in the ditch? Naked, blind, and don't know it. Even their mental faculties are gone. Their spiritual faculties, a mental, uh, spiritual understanding. See? Heady, High-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, and despisers of those that are good, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, the power of revelation, they don't even believe in it. They, they don't believe in such things as prophets and so They don't believe in it. They believe that the Malachi force to be a certain church or certain organization. When he come the first time, he was a man. When he come the second time with a double portion, he was a man. When he come in the form of John the Baptist, he was a man. In the last days, when the evening lights begin to shine, eyes will become open, and you'll see where you're going. Then the body is already formed, standing up on its feet, taking motion, moving. By the Holy Spirit, what? The same one that moved up on the prophets that wrote the Bible. The same Holy Ghost moving in a body. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Moved in the Holy Ghost out of every organization, every kindred tongue. And people, a little lady here, she don't belong in this organization or this organization. Belong in this congregation. She comes from somewhere else. And she come in this morning, got a picture there. She was giving to my son. Is very much astonished. I don't know if she ever heard about this or not. I don't know. She had a picture of this angel of the Lord that was on the seven church ages, seven seals opened out there. When it did, she said, look back through there, and she seen that standing in the sky in a dream. And she looked back through there and seen that, seen somebody in white marching forward, and behind it said, look, said, Brother Brandt, it was you. And said, marching in there, said, behind you was people of different colors, packing banners, Georgia, Alabama, all different kind of places, marching forward, coming up into the headship to where Christ was being revealed into the vision. Oh, hallelujah. We're in the last days, in the last hours of the days. Do you see him now in his word? And all of his word made manifest right here before us. Oh, church of the living God, get to your feet. Believe him with all that's in you. Hold to that little wheel in the middle of the wheel. Let it stabilize every move and every motion that you make, every thought that you have. May it be controlled with this tower on the inside of you. Because God is setting right in His Word of this hour, in the evening light, showing forth the light, the blindness of a bat. You could turn on a light and a black bat would be so blind he couldn't fly. A hoot owl, all those night prowlers and things like that, roaches and things can't see in the daytime. 
They don't know what it's all about. They can't see. And the evening lights has come on. Every parable, everywhere we go, to nature, to the Bible, to the, the statues that Melk, uh, Daniel saw and, and, and the king of that day, all of them saw and all these things, every body, every form, every move, every place in the body, positionally shows us the very hour that we're living in. Not another move can come above it. There was a move of the hand, Charity Wesley. There was a move of Foundation Luther. Charity there never was a greater. It's called uh, uh, the Wesley move. They sent missionaries to all the world. One of the greatest moves that was made in, in the age before that. Then come the Pentecostal age. Then come in the different fingers and things of Pentecostal age of tongues and nose and so forth. Now it's in the eyes. What good would you need eyes or need light if that eyes wasn't there to see? There has to be eyes first to see. And then when that comes, he opened the seven seals and revealed the evening light. Taking all the mysteries that's been hid down through these church ages. And now reveal them as he promised to do in Revelations 10, 1 to 7. Here we are today sitting in the midst of the Word and the Word being revealed to us by Jesus Christ. Then this is God's Word. Amen. And be His subjects, we must walk close to the author to understand it. For to reveal, O Lord, what will Thou have to me to do if I must go to the fields and preach the gospel or must I stay at home? No matter what it is, if I must be a good housewife, if I must be a good mother, if I must do this, that, the other, whatever it is, if I must be a farmer, if I, whatever it is, Lord, what would you have me do? Wasn't that what Saul cried out down there, Lord, what would you have me do? He was down the church, on his road down to, to put all the church in the prison. But then he cried out, what would you have me do when the light turned on as a big pillar of fire hanging above him? What would you have me do? I think that's a good word to close on. To say, Lord, what would you have me do? When I see this scripture so perfectly revealed right now, Lord, what would you have me do? Let us bow our heads. I asked everyone in here to search out your hearts now. And ask that question, Lord, what would you have me do? And you people, if you're still on the telephone wires out across the nation, you bow your head and ask, Lord, what would you have me do? Seeing that we're here in the last days and the last hours, just so perfectly before us, so plainly revealed, what would you have me do? Dear God, while they're asking you that question, I ask myself to you, what would you have me do, Lord? As I realize that each day must be counted for, and I pray that you'll help me, Lord, to live so that each day it'll be counted to your honor and glory. I pray that you'll help everyone all across the nation and those here that's present in the tabernacle as we search out our hearts and say, Lord, what would you have me do? What could I do, Lord, to further your kingdom and your cause? Grant it, the God. Search us our hearts and try us if there be any iniquity in us, Lord, any selfishness, any bad motives or objectives. Oh, God, cleanse us with the blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, who we 
humbly accept his propitiation of his death and his resurrection and being justified by believing that he did this, we gladly accept the plan of salvation that you've given to us. Father, we thank you for the message of the day, what we believe and what we hold on to to know and believe that it's your word and your message. Not to be different from the other people, but to try to be more like Jesus Christ, who is our example. Dear God, laying here is handkerchiefs, and there's sick people everywhere. And I myself, Lord, am tired and wore out this morning. I pray that you'll help us, dear God. We look to you for strength. You are our strength. You've helped so many, dear God. The other day, thinking down there in that woods, walking around with Brother Banks' woods, when the doctors, his heart was so bad he couldn't hardly walk around. Then to think how little I know it up there, walking in those mountains after that vision, I must get that line. I must see that lion killed. Then coming down there and standing there in Tucson, at first cafeteria, see his clothes all bagging down, his eyes drooped. Said, God, if you can show a vision where a lion is, surely you can show about Brother Woods and then it come. Lay your hands upon him. And here he is today, back our Brother Banks again, strong, running up and down those mountains. How we thank Thee, dear God. You're the same God to all of us as You would be to Brother Woods. I know You love him because he's Your servant, honest and sincere. And I pray, dear God, that You'll deal with each one of us and forgive our sins and heal our sicknesses of our bodies. Make us more like You day by day, Lord, until we come in that full statue of Jesus Christ. Grant it, Lord. I trust that You've searched every heart now and we know what to do. We ask for you to bless us now in Jesus' name. And while we have our heads bowed, is there any here present or out in the, in the telephone land across the nation that would just like to, while you're praying and your head bowed, just raise up your hand to God now. That's all you can do. It's crowded in here this morning. Just raise up your hand to God. Say, God, make me more like Jesus. I, I, I want to be more like Jesus. God bless you. Out into the land, across the nation, hands just everywhere, just a solid mass. Also, mine lifted up. I want to be more like Him. Search me, Lord, and find if there be any evil in me, take it out. I, I want what we just here so long. We're, we're going to leave whether you're, where, no matter what you are, how rich, how poor, how young, how old. Standing yesterday to a, a little poor bunch of people way up in a mountain down the, on the creek. There's a little family there, a man I've been talking to about God for so long. Come down, his little wife, seven or eight children, him, a little bitty spindly thing out there trying to work a couple dollars a day. And a man let him live in a little shanty. And there his wife up there, nearly ready to have another child. And she had a big broad axe up there chopping wood to pull it down, baby on one hip, pulling the wood with another, come down to cut that wood to can of some blackberries, keep them going hungry through the winter. My, how we felt sorry for her. Brother Woods and I went and got the truck and went over there and cut her wood and brought it in. She's a grateful little woman. You stand there. I felt sorry for her. We kept praying for them and 
or a little baby took epilepsy. We went and prayed for the little baby and God healed it. And the other day her husband had a hernia and went in. I've been talking to him. He smoked both of them. She used tobacco and he did too, typical of mountain people. And then I uh, kept talking to him about it. Yesterday morning when I went in about daylight, here he come walking out holding his hands together and said, Brother Billy, I'm a changed man. He said, I've smoked my last cigarette and I'm over on the Lord's side. She said, I just smoked my last one too. Oh, plant the seed. I, the Lord, have watered. I'll water it day and night, lest some shall pluck it from my hands. Oh, God, be merciful now, I pray. And give us the desire of our heart, because in our hearts we want to serve you. Now, Father, they're all in your hands everywhere. They're your children. Deal with them according to mercy, Lord. Not in judgment, but in mercy. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the revelation of your being in your word. And we thank you, as the scripture tells us, that men of old, moved by the Holy Ghost, wrote the scriptures. And they're fit for reproof. They're fit for encouragement. Help us, Father, to dwell and feast on it, and that it may change our nature from within. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
hold out my candidate of this supernatural That's the positive of me. You told me, you told me. I have three bodies, but there is only, there is only, only one of me. You told me, you told me. That's the puzzle. 